live on Earful of Dirt episode zero. I'm Aaron, one of the talented members. And now to Victor. Hello, everyone. Victor Perez here. Oh, I already mentioned my last name. There we go. Sorry, Victor OP. Forget what I said. Victor OP. You gonna hand it off to Daniel? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's let me pass it down to Daniel. Hey, this is Dan. Um, I'm sitting on a loading dock right now um, at a brewery in New York City. So, forgive me. Um, Corey's next. I, I would assume. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the the toss there. And uh, let's see. So we got a couple New Yorkers. We got a Californian, and I'm an Iowan. So we're sort of all over the place. We got the coasts in the middle taken care of. We're happy to be here on our inaugural episode. So, uh, Aaron, I think you're going to tell us a little bit about kind of what we got coming up here. All right, guys. So, uh, so we came together because of a nice little website that uh, and subsection that was founded by Corey called the uh, the Major League Rugby uh, subreddit. Uh, so you can find us on there. Uh, Major League Rugby is going to be, I guess, the third or fourth iteration of a professional competition for rugby union 15s in the United States. And uh, it's, so we're here brought together by our love for professional rugby as advocates of the game in this country. Hey guys, I think we should take a minute to just kind of talk about our backgrounds, uh, how we got into the game and stuff like that. So um, I'll start us off if you don't mind. And uh, like Aaron said, uh, we, I started a subreddit when the major league announcement rumors started swirling. Um, I was, a, I came into the game just a few years ago. I'm pretty new. Uh, I s picked it up during the uh, last world cup. So I got to see some games on ESPN, which I thought was pretty awesome to be able to see it live on TV. And that led me to explore more. And the next, uh, within a few months after that uh, pro started and I was able to follow the Ohio Aviators, which was pretty exciting to have a Midwestern team and Midwestern representation for this game that I thought was really exciting and really interesting. So that's how we got here. And when pro went away and major league rugby uh, kind of put their hands up and said, Hey, we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it right. I got excited again and decided to start the subreddit as kind of the first place to go. And that was um, Reddit dot com slash r slash ml rugby and these guys showed up uh shortly after and we started talking and we're we're at almost 400 people uh now just regularly talking to each other and sharing stuff they love about the game sharing rumors and this was just kind of a natural thing that came out of it we the four of us started talking and said hey somebody should be out there on a weekly basis kind of sharing the great news about major league rugby and that's where we're at. So that's how I got into it. Uh, Victor, what's your story? Okay, thank you, Corey. Okay, guys, so uh, once again, Victor is my name, Victor OP, specifically. Uh, interesting enough, just like Corey, I got into the game actually uh, same year as the World Cup back in 2015. So I've been following the game for the past two years. Uh, I happen to work as a New York City tour guide as well. In case you want any tours in New York City, you make sure to contact me at Victor NYC Tours, by the way. Just plug on my Twitter. So 
I've been, I usually do a lot of tours for people from, from England, Scotland, Wales, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. And of course, as you know, they're really big in the game. So through, through osmosis, really, I got into, into rugby first uh, league, 13s, and then transitioning into 15s, and I've been following ever since. Just keep in mind, everyone, I have never played the game at all. Actually, this year was the first time I ever touched a rugby ball, let's put it that way, and now I own two, which is not too shabby. Uh, but um, I'm definitely big in the game. I can watch a game and follow. I've been trying to get a couple of people into it. I actually got a couple of my friends already. Uh, all of a sudden, in the past two years, I have a collection of about 40 jerseys from international jerseys from throughout the the, the rugby hemisphere. Later on, I guess. As, and by the way, as the two, as the show goes along, you're gonna see me changing. Uh, shirts, random shirts right now. Of course, I got my MLR gear on since obviously we're the MLR unofficial podcast. And with, with that, really, that's my my, my thing uh, with the game. As you could probably see my tag and the token Dominican host. So reading from the Dominican Republic. Uh, back home, the game is played, although minority base. Uh, but actually, my country's... Uh, uh, national team this year actually went uh, in a tournament by uh, by ran rugby america's north for the first time we lost all games against uh, against turks and caicos bahamas and i believe we played another team i think it was bermuda but in any case it was a lot of fun i actually got to meet many of the of the players already through facebook and that was really fun also through my job i've been able to meet a couple of people in the rugby in rugby hemisphere. I've been able to meet a couple of family members of, of players, people that know players because uh, they know someone who works for them, for example, and the like. So that's been really fun. It's my job. I continue on with the game. But besides that, that's very much my background. So with that, let me pass it down to Mr. Dan. Hey, so I'm here in New York City. I have actually played and I still play, though only for about a year or two now. Um, my dad played since college for years. I knew about rugby. I knew it was kind of like football, but different. Um, I played rugby 2004 on my PlayStation. I had no idea what to do at all. And I lost about 115, nothing every single match. Um, so really I just started joining about two years ago after I played, um, tried playing some football after college and that also failed pretty badly. So rugby, I found that. It was much better for um, sort of post-college social group. Um, so started playing there, played for about a year or two. Uh, loved the sport. Over the winter, um, this past winter, that the Jets have been pretty awful. Um, so I needed to find an outlet somewhere. So I really started watching rugby pretty, pretty much a lot over the past three to six months. Um, and then just ran across this Reddit, decided I should follow it. And then that's really what took me here. So pretty limited experience, um, trying out a couple new positions, play here in New York. And then, like I said, that's pretty much it. So with that, Aaron, who I think has the most experience out of all of us, I'll let you take it from here. All right. So me, uh, well, I first saw rugby ball when I was like 16, sophomore year. There was a project I was a part of. Still didn't know what I was doing. Uh, we had a club in college, didn't play there. Uh, I went to France on a military academy exchange program, and I was in an Irish bar, drunk with a bunch of Sandhurst cadets, 
with a bunch of the Sancier cadets watching Six Nations. I think we watched two and a half matches in that bar in Rennes, France. And, you know, that's really where my love for the game solidified. Uh, played a little bit with the Sancier combined team in practice. They were pretty cool. Uh, their fitness was pretty insane, so that didn't really last that long. But uh, came back home uh, after watching, you know, Tier 1 rugby and really started to get interested in it. Uh, watched a lot more of my college's team. Didn't really, didn't really think to play. For some reason, I made the excuse that I didn't have the kind of time, but, you know, I was there, and I actually did have the time. And then joined the Army – uh, was going to play when I first got stationed at Fort Knox. It didn't really happen. Moved to El Paso, and El Paso actually has one of the older rugby scenes in the country. It's been around since about when the Union was founded in the 70s. And I played for the El Paso Scorpions and then Fort Bliss Warriors over that time. I've played wing and hooker, two completely different positions. I am definitely not a wing. I'm, you know, a front rower in the middle or even uh, a flanker. So it's a very, I would say the scrum is very technical for, and I don't think backs are technical at all. So there's that. That's my opinion. Um, you know, so I just about, uh, I got active as far as the internet and governance is concerned with rugby uh, during, you know, 2015, the world cup, the summer leading up to it, the drama around that. And then, you know, all of a sudden the ARC happened and it was on ESPN and you could watch, you know, it live and it just, you know, spun out and then, you know, pro happened. And then what really got me really active as far as all of this was when pro went belly up and wasn't paying its bills. So, you know, the beast is awoken as you, the through my three compadres here have uh, stated. So, um, the next issue I want to talk about as far as the, the big issue we'll talk about today before we, uh, sign off for two weeks, waiting for the big announcement from MLR is player coaches coming from overseas. Uh, and I guess coming in on loan from either the premiership, the top 14 pro D2 or the RFU championship. And we had one that was announced by, uh, Dallas, and that's John Mills. He represented uh, Wales as an age grade, played for the London Welsh for about five years, 184 appearances, and then most recently played for Sale, made 100 appearances, and is will be with the London Scottish in the fall and then come to Dallas in the spring for MLR season. So what's your what's your guys' take on that? I think it's it's awesome to have someone with experience from a tier one country actually come over. Um, I think even the the really the best guys who are playing right now for the national team for you know these semi pro clubs um, really lacking a lot of technical skills. That um, I think with with the Huns when when Lafay went over as the head coach, that was the first thing he noticed is that all of these guys really played football for their entire sports career so it's a whole different kind of dynamic with like football or any other sport than it would be with rugby that you think would be the same because it looks the same but it's really not so to have someone like this come player 
and also be able to actually give these guys coaching tips and hints and then eventually move on just to full-time coaching would just be amazing for to, to really take it to the next level. Corey, Victor, I don't know if you had any yeah. anything to add on to that. Sounds good, Dan. Actually, let me let me jump in on that. So going back to what Aaron mentioned before, I definitely do agree that it's, it is quite good that we have this player coaches like John Mills coming up in, in the MLR. Um, keep in mind that also besides him, you also got Matt Trubel in, in Houston, uh, in the Strikers, who's also going to be a, a player coach as well. And him, as well as John Mills, come with uh, the, let's say, the, the experience of playing the game as as kids and then growing up with the game, which is quite different from what we have here in the, in, in the states. And again, as as Dan just mentioned, when when Jim Elof came into the Austin Hunts and he noticed how all the players came through the pathways uh, of, of, of American football. Some of them actually tried for the NFL. The really are American football players playing rugby. So the thing is, is just changing those players' mentalities from one game to another, which is what he did. And what, the reason why they, they, the Hunts are now uh, 2017 uh, national, uh, national club champions in 15s. Uh, let's see how it goes in sevens, by the way, coming up now in a couple of weeks. Uh, but um, with the arrival of John Mills now into into the in, into the Dallas Griffins, what I do hope is that once the Griffins finally show up all the cards and start uh, getting a bunch of players, uh, hopefully many from them from the Dallas area and a couple of other foreigners, that mix of the nationals with the foreigners will be able uh, to increase the level uh, of play of the, of the team. Of course, uh, when you have... Director of Rugby Mike Forbes as as one of your main guys in the team. I would uh, definitely hoping uh, good things for the, the Griffins, but of course uh, time will tell with that. So with that, um, Corey, sir, if you want to move in. Yeah, you know I don't have a a lot of opinions on this other than just overall as a perception thing. I always worry when I see people who have slashes in their names. I think at the perception of the league. I understand that because we're just starting out, this is what it's going to be. And this is, you know, how we're going to have to function for the time being, but going forward, hopefully within a few years, we won't be seeing player coaches. We'll be seeing enough interest and enough talent out there that we'll have players that are dedicated players and coaches that are dedicated coaches. And so that's my only real hope going forward is just that we see that level of professionalism continue to increase and uh, helping us move towards being on the same level as some of these uh, other national and international competitions, uh, especially over in Europe. I mean, I know we're many years away from, you know, being a pro 14 team or being like a, uh, a Viva premiership or anything like that. But I, obviously that would be the goal and we have the money, we have the talent. Uh, there's no reason it shouldn't happen in the U S like it's happened in Europe and other places. So that's that's my only thought on this. Uh, otherwise, I'm just really excited to see where we're headed. And anytime we can get people who have that level of experience and talent over here on our side of the ocean to help us out and to kind of show us the way, I'm all for it. So let's go. What's up next, Victor? 
or I'm sorry, not Victor, Aaron. <laughs> I'll pitch no, to Aaron. No, no, but actually, let me interject real quick, uh, Corey. Now you pass the voice real, real quick. One of my dreams, actually, is in the, in the next upcoming years, we have something similar to what FIFA has, which is like a club championship. So hopefully we got a team from the U.S., one from Canada, one from England, and one from the from, from the other countries in the U.K., one from France, and then we have a competition like that. that that's definitely one of my dreams, that we have like a club championship that takes all of the all the regions that, that, that would definitely would be great in the future some you know, we bring someone from asia someone from oceania and we get a club competition like that would be great so back to like the idea of the player coach i'm not really for me it's not really a thing that i want us to go down a very long period of time i if you look at uh, say Oyo and that was the Pro D2 champion in uh, in France. They won promotion basically on the backs of a player coach because they were there were rumors that they were going to try and hire John Mitchell away from the Eagles. And as we all know, he went down to coach the Blue Bulls in South Africa. But the one thing I think rugby in general and really in the United States were missing. A, a capacity to easily hire highly technical coaches so that we can, A, convert players from other sports because our best players right now are not playing – our best athletes are not playing rugby. So you need highly skilled technical coaches to, you know, bring out what Americans will pay for, which is elite play. So I think that's one thing – that we can get with this, like it's a pathway, but I would hope that we get somewhere with our coaching development, coaching pipelines in the next couple of years that with this league, that you don't have player coaches on the, we don't have player coaches anymore because that's just not sort that's not really American, but that's really not top end rugby. You don't, you like, there's players that are coaches on the field, but they're not player coaches if you get my meaning. So what we got next for this is uh, we will see you on the 20th at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern to discuss the, uh, the, I believe is the full official launch of Major League Rugby. I think, uh, you know, they teased a big announcement so hopefully that announcement occurs so we can provide you guys commentary on that. And as I understand, there's going to be a lot more announcements following that. Yeah, right now, they're, it's just an innuendo right now. They're just engaged to be engaged for the league to really kick off. So we want it to be a full, full written approval and everything like that. Uh, before that, if you guys want to connect with us, you can catch us online. We've got a Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash earful of dirt. That's E-A-R-F-U-L, not uh, the other way around. So earful of dirt and then same on Twitter. So twitter.com slash earful of dirt. You can always tweet at us at, at earful of dirt. And then, of course, reddit.com slash r slash ml rugby. So you guys can catch us there too. Continue the conversation. And uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel because that's how we get folks interested in what we're doing. And then uh, here in the next week or two, be looking for our podcast subscription service to go live through iTunes and all the major services. It takes a few days for iTunes to approve it uh, after we submit it to them. So 
once that happens, you'll be able to find us online as soon as, uh, well, within a day of the shows being live streamed anyway. So that's the plan for now. Appreciate you guys listening. Anybody got anything to say on the way out? I do. Let's go MLR. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, for joining. Go Eagles. Yes. See you guys yes. in two weeks.